I have had a, a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. One thing happened last week that was just beautiful. I'll share it with you sometime. But uh, the Bible says there hath no temptation taken you. This is First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen, I believe it is. There hath no temptation taken you that isn't common to man. What that means is it's like that song that I like, uh, Hurt, you know, where, uh, where they sing, and I've sung this before, but I, I love this song, and it's a s- secular song, but I believe it's true according to Scripture. And it says that uh, when, when the day is long and the night, and the night is yours alone, And you're sure you've had enough of this life. Well, hang on. Because everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. Everybody hurts. And um, I was hurting just a couple of days ago. I was doing something I haven't done in a long, long time. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I ever remember doing it. But one of the things that I believe God does good things for us. Amen? But uh, like, there hath no temptation taken you that isn't coming to men. Everybody hurts. I've, I've shared this before. When someone has come up to me and said uh, they had a, a tragedy that that I couldn't judge them, I couldn't say wh- how what I would do in their situation, but in, it was a friend of mine, and he said that uh, it wasn't recent, but it was <laughs> something that was such a tragedy that you don't uh, it doesn't have to be recent. If you, if you get my drift. And he said something like this, that it, you know, I, I, he was angry with God because he didn't deserve it. His wife and he had a, his home bur- burned down and his wife and children, or some of his children were lost. And he says, I didn't deserve that. And he was angry with God. And I said, uh, I'm not going to tell you his name. Um, I can't judge who deserves what. But I can tell you, as far as I'm concerned, for my own life, is the last thing in the world I want from God is what I deserve. And I don't deserve any goodness from God. Except Jesus made made it to where I deserved it. He made me worthy. But without that, I, I, I'm not worthy of anything but hell. I'm not worthy of anything but death. So I um, don't usually have that attitude. As, uh, when I say don't usually, I don't ever remember having this attitude till just a couple of days ago. You know, 
And in contrast to this time that I had with the Lord, I was praying and I went to sleep and I started dreaming about God that it was just like I, I have talked with the Lord and uh, he talks back. And I, it's been so beautiful that I said, one time I said to him, I don't understand the big deal about heaven. You know how people die and go to heaven? And it's so beautiful. They don't want to come back. Because I, I, I was just saying, Lord, if you're not with me, I don't care what heaven looks like. Matter of fact, I read something by D.L. Moody one time that said, Heaven has a different set of standards anyway because they walk on it on something that we think is the most valuable stuff there is. Because the, 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 the floor is made of gold that's so pure and it's transparent, transparent gold. And they walk on that. And so I, I haven't had that experience where I seen those pearly gates and the 12 big pearls of the 12 gates you know I always thought man I sure like to see the oyster made that thing boy that's got to be some, that's got to be some big oyster you know and but I've not you know I, 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 I haven't had that experience uh, if I did except the, this last week I, I saw some of heaven and I saw some of God's beautiful creations in, in a dream. I was dreaming. And it was like, wow. And I said, and I know I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've ever dreamt and you're kind of conscious a little bit and not, not, you don't know what I'm talking about? And so I'm just looking at this and I said, oh, Lord, I don't want to ever go back to earth now. So I got the drift of the, some of the other thing. Never understood that before. But just two days later or three days later, I'm on the pity party about something and I'm not very happy. And uh, I decided that I was going to just snub my nose up at God and just you know, uh, one of the things that I can do, have done, is uh, if I get upset about something, I just don't speak to people. You know, I have honestly, it's because, let me justify that a little bit, okay? Because it's better to keep your mouth shut. And people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. That's actually from a scripture. It's kind of from a scripture. It says this, a fool will utter all his mind. But a wise man, I've done that too. A wise man will keep it in till afterward. You look in other translations that are a little better or a little more clear. It would be. A wise man will wait till he cools off <laughs> before he opens his mouth. So I, you know, I just don't talk sometimes. Not, and it's not that I haven't blurted out and, you know, 
made myself a fool. I've done that plenty of times. But, but you know, uh, I just quiet down and I don't want to talk. And uh, I, I pulled it on God. <laughs> and I'm not talking to you. Nope, nope. <laughs> Don't even try to get, nope. God isn't, doesn't play those games very well. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Did you say something, God? No, <laughs> you know, no. And uh, I, I don't, I've had had that, and I was blaming him for some things, you know. God, we've had a lot of sweet times together. Now, why could you make, you know what I mean? So I stalled him. Uh, I was quiet for about a day and a half. And I was upset with him, upset with God. And you know, one thing that isn't common to man is it says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 16, it says that we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Now, that's a little different than being touched with the infirmity, although he took all the infirmities. The difference is, is the way I feel about it might be different than the way you feel about it. I remember talking to a, a gal one time. This was probably about 30, well, 37 years ago. And she told me that she didn't cry at her mother's funeral. I, I, I wasn't completely cold. I was like, oh, that's, that's sad. But in my mind, I was thinking, so what? I didn't cry at my mother's funeral either. <laughs> Big deal, you know. And I didn't respect it. And then so I made a comment about it later. And she heard me. And she was upset with me for a while. And uh, I understand it. Because, see, it was a big deal to her. Big deal. One of the biggest deals of her life. And she shared it with me. And I kind of poo-pooed it, you know. And I, 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 lear- I learned something. I hope I learned something to be more sensitive to people that are hurting, hurting really badly. And in that situation, I may not be at all hurting. You know, it wouldn't bother me. Well, I think maybe the thing that was bothering me wouldn't bother you. But it was a big deal to me. Big, big enough deal that I was upset with God over it. And I not only gave him silent treatment, but then when I started opening my mouth, I gave him a what's what, you know. And, then, you know, I'm not happy with you right now. You didn't handle this situation the way I wanted you to. And, uh... And I was like, so I finally said, this attitude is getting me nowhere. I'm not impressing him at the moment. 
and I started to try to get back. Now it says, Jesus is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What's cool is it says that so that because he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, that we can come in boldly, not pridefully or arrogantly, but boldly into the throne room of grace. One other place in Hebrews in 1019, I think it is, it says that we can come in by the blood of Jesus. But it's we can come in boldly to find and help in time of need. Find grace and mercy and help in time of need. That's what it says. And I thought to myself, what a, you know, I need, I, I, I was just reading, uh, I've been reading Matthew 21 through the end of the chapter, uh, the end of the book. And I was reading the part where he talks about how those that will be exalted will be brought low. And those that will be abased or humble themselves will be raised. You know, both James and Peter also says that. It says, you know, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will raise you up. But if you, you know, act like I was for two days, it doesn't get better. I even made a few threats. He, he, was, he wasn't impressed with those either, you know. Well, if that's, this is the way you're going to handle things in my life. And maybe, you know, I, I love that. I don't know if you ever saw that Monty Python movie in search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> I love English humor. I'm English. What, what can I say? I love English humor. And it's, it's, it's a kind of a spoof on the knights, you know. And they don't, they even hit coconuts together and, and act like they're riding a horse. You gotta have, you gotta love British humor to appreciate it. And so, whenever they got in a fix, they would turn around, and you know how they would say, instead of retreat, you know, run away, run away, run away, run away. Oh my goodness. That is my favorite option. I want to run away. Oh, I want to run away. I want to run away so bad. You know, I remember when Amy was like five years, four or five years old. She was upset about something. I, I never did find out what she was upset about. She was really upset. We lived out in a carriage house, which isn't there anymore. And it was like this blizzard. <laughs> blizzard. Now, our front door, that's where everything is down that direction. The other houses and so forth. But the back door is nothing but horse fields, you know. And so she's got her bag packed, and she's like, <laughs> and she goes to that back door, and she opens that back door. She couldn't hardly see 10 feet because the snow was blowing, and it was cold as can be, and she goes, 
slams the door and runs back in her bedroom, you know. <laughs> that's kind of the way I want to act. <laughs> well, what's even worse, sometimes that's the way I do act. <laughs> and I just want to run away, run away, run away. I, you know, I was watching the, the, the hundred most beautiful love songs in pop rock music. Uh, of the 20th century. And I'm thinking that number one or number two, I think number two was uh, a song by Peter Gabriel. And uh, oh, I was actually watching it on television. And he played with Genesis. And he had this song, and he says, I wrote this song to the Lord. Now, I don't know what his faith is. I, I don't know where he, where he is as far as Christianity or what. But he lived in South Africa. And he got tired of seeing so much pain in people, in the ghettos. And I guess they had another name for it there in South Africa. And he wrote this beautiful, it sounds like a love song. Uh, but it wasn't, it was to the Lord. And I, I love it, and it's just like, uh, oh Lord, I see, Lord, I've, I, I'm going blank on it now. I feel so lost sometimes. Lord, I feel so lost sometimes. Sometimes this emptiness just fills my life. When I want to get away, I drive off in my car. But no matter how far I go, I come back to the place you are. In your eyes, I am complete. In your eyes. In your eyes, I see the doorway to a thousand churches in your eyes. And you know, I, I, you, you can't get away from God. It's like Psalm 139 there. It says, if I ascend in the heaven, where, where, whither shall I go from your, your spirit? Whither shall I go from your spirit? Whither shall I go from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Wow, you know, he's there. So I humbled myself and said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I thought he said, not good enough yet. I said, not good enough? Oh, wait a minute. You want me to forgive some people? Uh, <clears throat> some of you country and western lovers know who Tim McGraw is. Tim McGraw didn't know he was adopted. But he loved baseball. And so he had this, he had a different name. And he's had this full picture of um, 
Tug McGraw, baseball player. I don't know about baseball. Maybe some of you know who that is. Famous baseball. It was his hero. And he finds out that it is also his father. <laughs> you imagine that? Then he get, gets a relationship with him and his father is dying of cancer. And he wrote a song like it was him. I, some of you can tell me the name of the song. I always wanted to call it I Went Skydiving. But it's, what is it? Live like you were dying. And he says, I went skydiving. And I don't know the exact words to this song. He went 2.4 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. (laughs) I knew somebody was going to get me on that one. I'm just happy I got... The two right. (laughs) Remember he said he went skydiving. Then he says, I did some forgiving that I'd been denying. I did some forgiving that I'd been denying. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I did some forgiving that I was been denying and uh, I was thinking I'm, I'm never I'm not going to get into the presence of the Lord tonight and then I said help back when I was a little kid had some cartoons I don't even remember much about this one cartoon but it was the one you see all the time by Hannah Barbera I think it was And there was this one thing where this wizard would take this boy and take him back in time. And the boy would always get in trouble. And then at the right at the last moment, he'd say, help, Mr. Wizard, help, help, Mr. Wizard. And and the the wizard would say something like this. I can't wait for the correction, by the way. (laughs) Frizzle, frazzle, frazzle, frone. Time for this one to come home and bring him back to home in safety. And I was like saying, help, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> you know. And not only I wasn't calling God a wizard. <laughs> I just yelled for help. You know, and that's what it says in, in, in Hebrews, uh, the fourth chapter, 16 verse. It says, if you can come in to the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, But because we have a high priest that's touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. That's what infirmities mean, our weaknesses. And so it's like, and then you can find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Did I get the order right? I did. Because I know those four things are in there. There's four things. Grace. And I, I use this all the time because ever since Dr. B shared this one time, and I don't know why I never thought of this this way, but the difference between grace and mercy is grace. Mercy is when God doesn't give you what you deserve. That's mercy. Grace is when God does give you something you don't deserve. <laughs> Hello? 
You see that? He gives you something that you didn't deserve. Mercy is when he doesn't give you what you do deserve. (laughs) See? And so it says grace and mercy to help in time of need. Now that if you can come in boldly in the throne room of grace to find grace and help, help me. That means humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. And I really thought it was going to be, well, uh, I, I, I need to do some positive thinking here. I, I, I thought I was going to have to do that. Something, make a few positive confessions. And not that those are bad, but I didn't. I just a uh, peace flowed over me, and I was like, "Wow!" And the first thing that went out the window was, "Run away, run away, run away." Amen. Okay, back last week I was talking about. I'm not going to go into much for this week, but I was talking about the verse in uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where, I love, I love the, it's like talking about run away. Uh, some of the translations say where there is no, man, I just got to get it up here to get it right. It won't take but a second. I love this little thing here. I got this last Christmas and boy, I don't know, I don't know what I did without it before. It's, it's, it's an apple. And I got some apps on here that are just, oh my, they're so really incredible. So, and this is one of them. Because uh, it, it's, it's got some things I do, I do know because one of the things it says, where there's no vision that people perish. Some, some translation says, where there is no vision that people cast off restraints. And that's what it says in the Amplified Bible. But uh, let's get this up here, and I want to read it to you. Okay. 29. Doing this thing. Doesn't do that at my house. Stop it. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. One translation is a cast off restraints where there is no vision. I shared, hey, I got something up. Page was not loaded in time. Tap here to reload. Now nah, just go do, do, do this other. Wow, I got some things. Maybe I just need to put my glasses on. All right, here we go. 29. 18. All right. Here we go. Did I tell you I love you? (laughs) Okay. Wait a minute. Wrong one. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm, I'm learning, okay? Give Give me some. All right. Translation comparisons. Excellent. Where there is no vision, without revelation, people... Now, this is the one I was trying, trying to look for. People run wild. 
That's what it says. CSB. Anybody know what CSB is? Oh, well, thank you. Christian what? Standard? The B stands for Bible, huh? Without revelation, people run wild. (laughs) One who follows divine instruction will be happy. Remember the other one says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. That's the one I remembered. And uh, it goes on. But I, I, I just wanted to put that run wild because it's uh, in an other, other places too. And you know, it, it, it's very true when a person wants to do something. Let's say if they want to go, go for a gold medal in the athletics. If you cast off restraints, you know, if you eat something that you don't need to eat, like if you need to lose, lose weight because of what you're doing, or if you need to put on muscle because of what you're doing, you have to go at the right diet, you have to do the exercises the right way and everything, and you've got to have a regimen where you're going to go for the gold. I mean, sometimes I, I get a little perturbed at whoever, whether it's athletics or musicians or, you know, like the, like the, all those, uh, talent shows they make. And sometimes it really bothers me when somebody says, I've worked really hard. Like, what do you think the other people did? The ones that didn't win. You think they just come into this and say, gee, I think I'll sing today. How do you do that? No, they work. Everybody works really hard, you know, but you've got to work really hard. You you cannot cast off restraints. You've got to have restraints in your life. You can't run wild if you want to succeed at anything in particular in life. And the same is true in the kingdom of God. You see, where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint. And I quoted, you know, Benjamin Franklin uh, last week, and I think it's a pretty cool thing. He says, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. That's probably, you probably say that to the wrestlers all the time, right? You say it to him. <laughs> <coughs> you know, you have to have a plan. And the, it's the same in God. When, when, uh, uh, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna close here in just a little bit. But I know I have said this before. Um, I think it bears repeating a lot. Uh, for example, in Second uh, Peter 1, P- Peter says, I've said this a lot. And I'm not going to uh, fail to ke- continue to say it, remind you. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. In this verse, Second uh, Timothy, read the whole chapter. It's beautiful. Second Timothy one nine. God saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His grace and purpose, 
which was given to us before the world was created. That sounds pretty big to me, worth repeating. And there's other verses that talk about similar, uh, not not just those things, but God giving us things. But it, it says in Titus, how he promised us eternal life, and it was given to us before the world was made. That's what it says in Titus, the first chapter. And so, but I want to talk about that word purpose one more time, because a lot of times, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I read a little bit of, of, of the big, big uh, book, uh, Purpose Driven Life, you know. I read a lot of that. And, and purpose is so powerful. Even if you're going for like a goal, if you've got a purpose, it's going to, you're going to not, you're going to ca- not cast off restraint. You follow that? If you've got a purpose in life, it gives you a vision to go for, to shoot for, you know, it, it'll, it'll keep you from running wild. Well, God has the same thing in his kingdom. God wants us to have a purpose, a holy purpose. And one of the holy purpose that I have said that I want to have, I personally think that the reason Jesus died and I'm going to prove this more in the future because in several other things, the reason Jesus died for us is so that because God wanted a family and he wanted us to love him with all our hearts, mind, body, soul, strength, so on. In the mind, emotions, your will, and just take one of those things, for example. I'm going to love him with all my mind. And I said this, you know, one of my incredible verses that's in first, that's in Psalm 139. It says, he understandeth my thought afar off. And then later on, he says, the, the psalmist says, if I think of all the thoughts that you have for me and try to count them, they are more than the sand. Now, I, I've studied God, and, and I believe that God thinks about us every second. There, there, he, he does not have a time when he's, each and every one of us. It's like he's got this whole thing just for you. And he never takes his mind off of you. He's never on a journey. He's never on a trip. He's never on a vacation. He doesn't sleep or slumber, you know. He doesn't, doesn't eat probably eats, but he's still thinking about us. <laughs> and the thoughts, he says, they're not just ordinary thoughts, they, they're good thoughts. Thoughts of peace and joy. He has these thoughts on us, and he loves us with, and he's thinking about us. He loves us with his mind. <clears throat> and he wants us to love us. And I've just, just said, I, well, I want to try to love him with the same amount of thoughts that he loved. I know I can't do it. This, this is one of the statements in, 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 in Psalm 139. He says this. <laughs> when, I think, when I think of such knowledge, it is too high for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. 
Such knowledge is too, actually it says too wonderful for me. It's too wonderful. Have you ever had anything that was too wonderful? Well, God's thoughts for you, if you think about them, they are, if you really concentrate on or, or meditate and imagine, that's part of meditating. Imagine God's good thoughts toward you that are never off on another thing. He's just thinking about you. And if you should try to count them, they are more than the sand. And such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And that's, you cannot only grasp that. You can try. And you should try. But you also should try to do it. You should try to live conscious in your mind of the presence of God, whether you make your, whether you ascend into heaven or whether you make your bed in hell, be present, God present in your life. And so I, I, I was doing that and I was thinking, and God reminds me, you know, it's, it's kind of like, oh yeah, okay, Lord, I, I let my mind wander from you. And that does, I, I can be thinking about God right now while I'm talking to you. Hello? You can be thinking about God when you're talking to somebody else. You can be thinking about God when you're doing your whatever in the bathroom or in the shower or in any other place. You can, you can focus on God. Now you can't, you can't do what He's done with you, but you can shoot for it. You can press for it. You can go for it. You can have a vision. I have a vision to do that. And I had a day of it. I can't remember Wednesday or Tuesday. You know, honest, I was like, whether in the body or out of the body, I could not tell. And I was just thinking about God. I wasn't, there wasn't any other thing on my mind except thinking about God. And I I went in to to lay down. And there's another verse in scripture. He says, he says, I have, you have compassed my path. You know what compass mean? All around it. You got it. You got it covered. Uh, you compassed it. You see, gone around it. You got it covered. He says, you compass my path and my lying down. God knows you're lying down. And then he says, you are acquainted with all my ways. Every single thing you've ever done. And, and then it says, for not, there's not a word in my mouth in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Not a word that you've ever said in your whole life, as he forgets. Talk about a record. Talk about not putting stuff out on the net. Hello. And so I want to just think about him, and I want to think good thoughts, whatsoever things are Honest, just, lovely, of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. Think on these things. The Bible says, set your affection. Colossians 1, 3, 1. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hello? I was meditating on those things too. That I I, I just want to lose my life, Lord. For you, I want to lose my life. I want you to crucify me.
I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Do you know Christ lives in you? I did a little, little spoofy thing last week where, you know, there's two people sitting at a table and they're waiting, waiting for a phone call. You know, I was just joking around. Phone rings and picks up. No, 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 you know, you got the wrong number. And they're looking at each other. You sure your phone hasn't rung yet? No, my hasn't phoned yet. Boy, I wonder when they're going to call. Oh, have you figured it out yet? That's Jesus and the Holy Ghost that is inside of you. That's why it says Jesus dwells in you. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's in Galatians 2.20. So I was just, you know, thinking about it, and I was just conversing with the Lord and I went to sleep, and this was before I got my cop my attitude. Right? I went to sleep, and it was like, wow. I was taken out in a dream, and I saw how great God really is. And it was amazing. I mean, I've seen some incredible things before, but this was like, I don't want to ever wake up. I don't want to wake up. God is so great. And yet he cares about you. Is that amazing? We have an amazing God. And he loves us greater than we can ever love him. But we can press toward the mark. Hello? I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. So I was just out in the Lord and I was thinking, this is great. And, and yet, I just want to point out, two days later, <laughs> I'm mad at him. I'm not speaking to him. I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm just, just upset with him. I'm just being real. Then finally I just said, help. Help me. I, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to live like this way. And he just filled me with his peace. And he says, you got some more to do there yet. And I said, I got some forgiving to do. Not that it ends there, but it started there. Hallelujah. Where there's no vision that people perish. If you, you know, I, I just want to encourage you to have a plan to love God with all your heart. With all your mind, with all your strength, with all your emotions. And it's true. You can't, you can't even do that without his help. But you can want that. You can desire that. You can say, God, you know, when he broke bread with his disciples. By the way, here's, here's what I'm into. The last week that he was alive on earth. And, there, you know, I heard a sermon, by the way, to where... Uh, so one of the songs we sang, uh, Tim Keller disagreed with, right? not, not that specific song, but what was in the song. 
And it was talking about God is the unchanging God. Are you, are you with me on this one? Husbands, are you with me on this one? Are you listening? All right. Tim Keller was teaching. This is a sermon on marriage. And I'm worried about what I'm about to say. Trapped by my own words. But Tim Keller pointed something out. That God, you know, one of the names of God is H-U-A. I pronounce it Hua. H-U-A. I don't know what you pronounce it. H-U-A. means changeless one. He does not change. I remember Bob Mumford saying, to, you know, God would speak to him. He says, Bob, you and me got a problem. Bob says, what is it? He says, we're not alike. He says, that's one of them. He says, you got another one? He says, yeah, I don't change. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're the one who's going to do the changing here, not me. So, you know, he's changeless one. And we were singing that a while ago. Did you catch that? Or do you just not really pay much attention to that? Sometimes I don't. I know. I know. I know. And so it's changeless one. And Tim Keller says, not so fast. Not so fast. God changed. Now you might be thinking, oh, Moses talked him out of something one time and and changed his mind. No, no, no. That's not what Tim Keller was talking about. Tim Keller was talking about how he changed because he came down and he became a man. In human flesh for us. He took the initiative to restore us to God. He took his initiative as to restore us as a bride to him. And in this message, Tim Keller was saying something that maybe I should not say, but men, we need to take the initiative. And I will someday, Lord. Just give me time. <laughs> that was half joke, nine-tenths, nine-tenths true. <laughs> It's, it's like, it's like uh, 90% of everything I've told you is half mental. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a Yogi Berra. <laughs> Yogi Bear, not Bear, Berra. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for purpose. Our purpose in life is to love you. That's the purpose. Our vision in life is to love you. And the second is like to love one another. To love each other as we would love ourselves. Boy, Lord. So I just ask in Jesus' name that you would help us. Help, Lord. We need your help in everything we do. We cannot do it without you. We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. But Christ lives in us.
Lord, live in me, live in us. And may you be our purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Love you, Lord, with all my heart. Love you, Lord, with all my soul, with all my emotions, with all my intellect. Lord, we love your word because you have said you magnified your word above all your name. We love your word, O Lord. We hunger for you. We desire you. Like Jesus said, with great desire, I have desired to break bread with you. Lord, with great desire, we desire to break bread with you. Lord, help us. Like when we were falling asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Lord, we want the spirit willing to run our lives, not the flesh. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus who died for us. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.